Kathy Zip, Managing Editor of Solar Power World Magazine. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast with Chint Power Systems America. How is your relationship? I'm not talking about your spouse, your parents, or your in-laws, don't worry. I'm focusing in on another important relationship in your life, your relationship with your solar supplier. Ed Hecox of CPS is here to discuss some considerations for ensuring that this relationship is working for your business. So, Ed, great to have you here again. Thanks, Kathy. I've always been a supplier in my career. I can't wait till when I'm the customer. But <laughs> as a supplier, I'm really passionate about these topics we're going to talk about today. Absolutely. These are definitely important considerations. So maybe let's start with some of the obvious criteria for a good relationship with a supplier, such as maybe the basics of cost and quality of a product. So what considerations should a solar contractor express in this area? I think the key here is value, and the equation for value really is the performance of product cost, and that can be looked at on paper, but then a supplier and a relationship needs to be looked at in the lens of can the supplier execute, which is hard and different from the value proposition on paper. Our discussion today, I was going to talk with you a little bit about some of the things to assess and evaluate a supplier that are beyond these basics of value, cost, performance. And I come from the inverter industry for the last eight years or so, and Siemens, Advanced Energy, SATCON all failed or exited. And to many, those were surprises. They were once leading companies for sure. Some of the things we'll talk about today could be revealing some leading indicators maybe of suppliers in trouble or at least suppliers not executing as well as maybe they could. I can say for sure the topics we're talking about today, I'm trying very hard to do well. And these are challenges that suppliers need to face to execute well and deliver value for customers. Absolutely. So kind of going back to the relationship analogy again, when you're in a good relationship, the simple stuff should be easy, right? For example, you should be able to get a hold of your vendor pretty easily. So what other basics should your supplier have down? A couple things. How often does a supplier pick up the phone? It sounds so simple, so easy. But it's really common for people to hide behind voicemail. And that can be an indication of coming this overstressed, under-resourced, or they're having performance problems and people don't want to pick up the phone. To me, that's an indication of a weak organization and a problem. And then in an organization, if a person is out on vacation or sick or not available, is there an easy, obvious backup? Customers should never get stuck having to wait for someone to come back without a backup covering that person that they're counting on. A good organization never lets a customer get stuck. Another obvious challenge that is not uniformly done well in the industry is how good is the website? Can you even find the website for your supplier? For us at Chint, the website is a really critical tool. It should be these days. It's uh, efficiency for the customers. But is it a good website? Does it work? Is it easy to find things? Today, websites should be really good, easy to navigate, content you want, simple, and really helpful. So these are small, easy items that are indications of uh, health of a company and attention to detail. Definitely. And what do you think are some indicators of supplier efficiency? Because I know that's also another important step after you get a hold of them. You want them to handle everything efficiently. Yep. So maybe I could mention as a couple of examples. 
you know, how complicated is a warranty? We've got a one-page warranty. It's simple. Carve-outs are minimal. What about contracts? Are, are they complex, heavy terms and conditions? I mean, we've got one customer. I've got terms and conditions 12 pages long <laughs> from wow. the customer. But when we've worked with customers to give them a preferential arrangement, we call it our value partner program, the contract is literally a page and a half. Our RMA process, one page. In fact, I've found that as part of the RMA process, one of our competitors makes the customer fill out a, or I think it's a W-4 form, to be able to make a claim for RMA cash reimbursement. To me, this seems like a big hassle. So we keep our RMA process real simple, one page. Our quotes are often one page. And, you know, these sound kind of trivial, but attention to simplicity, I think it goes together with efficiency. Red tape, burdensome processes, big problem for the industry. We're totally dependent on efficiency for cost-effective projects. If you've got a relationship with a company that has a lot of burden, you need to run. So that's a little bit of feedback on efficiency from our perspective. Definitely makes sense. I'd much rather read one page versus 40 pages. Again, like you're evaluating a person's family as an indicator of who they are in a relationship, it's also important to look at the supplier organization as a whole. So what are some considerations installers should look for there? People. How stable is the organization? And again, this may sound kind of obvious, but some would say the best people in an organization leave first. And it's normal, that is if an organization is in trouble, it's normal for people to come and go in organizations. And I think when that happens, you have to ask yourself for every individual, does it make sense? Was it a career opportunity? Was it a really good reason for the people to change? Or does it look like an indication of something going wrong? especially when the strong people leave an organization. Great companies keep the best people. So that's something to keep an eye on, I think, in terms of observing the health and maybe a leading indication of trouble for a supplier. So what are some other indicators of a healthy, productive organization, would you say? A couple of things uh, that, that we work on and I think is really important, empowerment in an organization are individual people taking action, being responsible to actually make commitments. For that to happen, the organization has to have a culture where leadership are enabling people and workers to make commitments. And people need to be able to make commitments to action. And are they able to actually execute? Reluctance to make commitments to me is an indication of an inefficient organization. These days, things are happening fast. Solar depends on speed, agility. People need to make decisions and be able to follow up. If they're not able and there's too much burden for people to make commitments, it's definitely an indication of a problem. Kind of related to that is escalation. Escalation is, I mean, you know, when something's going wrong, how does a company react to, say, a customer who needs escalation to management to try to resolve a problem? I think the healthiest organizations actually embrace escalation as a normal and healthy process for fast corrective actions to take care of customers. It's a good process and should be a process that's embraced for the sake of execution. Weak organizations and on teams where you have a lot of B or C level players, they fear escalation. Escalation to them is an indication of bad management. And I think actually the opposite is true. A healthy, fast escalation of issues should be seen as a positive thing. And if your company or your partners treat that as a bad experience, I'd say that's a, a sign of maybe weakness in the organization. 
And, you know, the solar industry, it, it just keeps growing. And as it matures, the supply chains really become more global. So is this a challenge and how can this affect customers? For sure, we're facing this as Chint Power has grown a lot in the last few years. And we're Asian-based operations and engineering, North American fulfillment customers. Big challenges, just like PV panel companies, like other inverter companies, like many of us in the industry, we have to be able to execute with resources that are globally and even regionally distributed. For example, we may have a service team in Texas, sales guy, account management in New Jersey, engineering support and quality support out of Asia, fulfillment out of Southern California. How well does the organization synchronize distributed resources like this effectively and efficiently? So this is something to watch for. Breakdown in organization can happen when people that are in remote locations just can't communicate well, fast, or uh, accurately. That's a challenge and something to watch out for. It's definitely tough. Also related to that is how well does an organization execute cross-functionally? Cross-functional alignment is often a place where balls get dropped. Quality, reliability, service. How well are they aligned on processes for customers? Product management, marketing, engineering. How tightly are they aligned? Sales, application engineering, customer operations. This cross-functional alignment for customer execution is really difficult. And you could easily evaluate your own company and how well you align. And as uh, you evaluate suppliers, you can also see breakdowns across functions when people just don't seem to know what's going on. Cross-functional alignment and distributed resources across regions being well aligned are two big challenges as the supply chain for solar is definitely becoming much more global. So I think a challenge that we have and we're really focusing on is doing this well internationally so that we deliver value for the customers and minimize the breakdowns. And I can tell you it's very challenging, but if we do that well, we see it as a huge competitive advantage and helps us be cost-effective and generate value for the market and for customers. Awesome. Well, you've given us a lot of information, but are there any other tips that you want to summarize for contractors to know if the relationship they're in with their supplier is a good one? Two tips. <laughs> um, number one, don't work with people you don't like. If you don't like the people you're working with, move on, find others. That is in your supplier or partner or even within your own company. Life is short. Most likely, if you don't care for the people you're working for in your supplier relationships, their coworkers don't either, and that supplier's performance will likely suffer. Maybe the last thought is trust your gut. You'll know if you've got the right supplier, and you'll also know if you don't. I think only the best world-class companies are able to do the things I've talked about here really well. We're trying, and we're not perfect, but my passion is to try to drive these things to execute. Awesome. Well, it's been great speaking with you again, Ed. Thank you for all your insight. This is really applicable to a lot of different companies that you deal with, you know, in the solar industry and just in uh, life in general. So thank you for all the great information. Thanks, Kathy. I hope it's helpful. I'm Kathy Zip, Managing Editor of Solar Power World Magazine. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.